Let's look at John chapter 10, verse 27. Uh, it's the verse we used last Sunday because we're still dealing with God speaking to us. Uh, my sheep, they hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Let's pray together. Father, help me to be a plain preacher today, so plain that a child would understand me. Help me to be in tune to your Holy Spirit. Any word of knowledge you give to me to speak to a person or their situation, Lord, if you, if you prompt me with it, I want to be obedient to speak to it. Lord, you look at all of us today in this room, but you see me differently. I'm a teacher of your word. I'm your preacher. And upon me is a great judgment, a more strict judgment than anybody here. And I know it, and I accept my place in rightly dividing your word. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray, his name that I preach. Amen. You can be seated. It's good to see you guys today. We're uh, halfway through the seven realities of God in experiencing God, knowing and doing the will of God, uh, a series that we have just named as a reset. So I want to walk through the four that we've handled, and we're, we're on the fourth one today, but it's part two of the fourth reality. Reality number one, God is always at work around you. It's, no matter how chaotic or crazy our world seems to be, he is at work to accomplish his will and his purpose. Okay, know that. Reality number two, God pursues a continuing love relationship with you that is real and personal. We'll be hitting that today. Reality number three, God invites you to become involved with him in his work. There's an invitation there. And reality number four, God speaks by the Holy Spirit through the Bible, through prayer, through circumstances, through the church uh, to reveal himself, his purposes, and his ways. Last Sunday, I handled God speaking to us through the Old Testament and then how God spoke to us through the Gospels and through his son, Jesus. Now we take the book of Acts when the church was created, where God gave his power to the church in the book of Acts, and we're gonna deal with how God speaks to us in this present age that we live in today. So the first thing we're gonna handle is God speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. Uh, I, wanna, I wanna preempt you here a little bit. Um, to just remind you that the Holy Spirit is your greatest cheerleader. I know we can be afraid of the Holy Spirit sometimes because there's a, a big question mark and a lot of unknown there. But I, I, before we get into this, I just want to remind you, and I will again here in a minute, I want to remind you that he is your greatest cheerleader, and we're going to see that in Scripture today. So let's look at John 14, 25, and 26. This is about how God speaks through the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, I have spoken these things to you while I remain with you, but the Counselor, who is the Holy Spirit, the Father will send him in my name. And he will teach you all things and remind you everything that I have told you. There is the promise of the Holy Spirit. And in the Holy Spirit, he will be speaking to us about who Jesus is. We'll clarify that even greater in a second. But he speaks through the Holy Spirit. And he's always leading us to Christ. Look at John 15, 26. I'm going to be giving a lot of scripture today. So if you're, if you're writing it down, we're going to be in a hurry, okay, for me to handle all of it. John 15, 26. When the counselor, who's the Holy Spirit, comes, 
the one I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify about me. I want you to look at the word testify. The word presentation there means he speaks of me. He will speak of me. The Holy Spirit is always going to be leading you to the person of Christ. We know him as a person of truth. He says, I am truth. Truth is a person. He always gonna be leading you to the person of who Christ is. But the word testify is that the Holy Spirit will speak to us about who even Jesus is. John 16, 13. Again, it's about the Holy Spirit speaking. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not, do you see that word? He will not speak on his own, but he will, there it is again. He will speak whatever he hears. He will also declare to you what is to come. Again, the Holy Spirit is speaking. He leads, he guides, he counsels, he comforts, he convicts, he reminds, he interprets scripture for us. He intercedes on our behalf, always leading us to the person of Jesus. And we know he is truth because truth is a person. He's always doing that. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. Now, we have not received the spirit of the world, okay? There's a worldly spirit. But the spirit who comes from God, so that we may understand what has been freely given to us by God. We also speak these things, not in words taught by human wisdom, but as those taught by the spirit explaining spiritual things to spiritual people. He reveals to us truth. He, re he reveals to us truth about spiritual things because since we have surrendered to God, we are spiritual people. Do you see, do you see in these verses that God speaks to us through the Holy Spirit? And let's, let's refine this. Let's, because we want to look at how he speaks to us through scripture. But before we go any further, I want to say this. There's two things I want to say here. Number one, when you encounter the Holy Spirit, you're having an encounter with God. You're having an encounter with God. And when the Holy Spirit reveals things to us, there's an adjustment that needs to occur. I told you when we went into this series, if you do this series like it is designed for you to do, uh, you will get to a place where you need to make adjustments in your life. Things you should, you, you should start doing that you don't do and things that you quit doing that you do. There's an adjustment process. But the picture of scripture is when the Holy Spirit reveals something to you, you need to learn to adjust your life immediately immediately for them. Like we could get into a conversation about what's happening today and you're going, well, I feel persecuted. I feel persecuted. I think we are becoming more persecuted. Let me remind you that he told us that that would happen to us. Are you listening? That should not be new news to you. Did he say that because we love him that the world was going to love us? Is that what he said? 
He said, the world is going to hate you because of your love for me. Why should you be floored by that? Why should you be floored by that? Now, do you see what I mean? You're going, oh goodness. You know, we're, we're beginning to see persecution to the Christian world coming. Well, he said it was going to happen. Now, hang on. He tells me and you to what? Get revenge on our persecutors? Or what does he tell us to do to our persecutors? Huh? To love them and to pray for them. To be able to pray for them. Now, honestly, how many of us actually do that? How many, have you ever prayed for a person that sabotaged your job? Well, good, I'm really proud of you. I was expecting a big no right there. So I'm actually proud of you. (laughs) That's great. You're dismissed, okay? You just just go on. You, You just, that's good. But we're to pray for them. We pray for them. We even sing a song. We battle on our knees, right? We, we pray for these people. It becomes very important as you see that. Uh, that's who we are. Because the Holy Spirit will reveal that to you. And his word will reveal it. So when, when the Holy Spirit reveals something, you need to adjust it. You need to adjust your life when it comes to that. So he speaks through the Holy Spirit. Now we're going to handle he speaks through scripture. A lot of verses here, okay? Write them down because you may be able to use them to help bless somebody else. But he speaks through scripture. Let's get the foundation of scripture here. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. All scripture is inspired by God. The word inspired means that it is God-breathed. It's it's God. It's it's profitable for teaching us, for rebuking us, for correcting us, for training in righteousness so that the man of God, the person, us, may be complete, equipped, and ready for every good work. So when you encounter scripture, you're having an encounter with God. Even when you get into the begates, it's my son, my, my son pastored me on this. I don't know about you, have you ever gotten to the begates and you just jump over them, right? They're names you can't pronounce and you're going, why all the begates in here? Why all the names? And my son said, dad, you need to take time and look up as much as you can about each name. And I'm going, you're crazy. You know, you're crazy. And because there's, there's a God story with each name or it wouldn't be there. Isn't that good? That's great. I, my, my son pastored me and I appreciate that. It, it, it's all God. When you encounter scripture, you're encountering God himself. Why? Because it's his breath. And his breath is life. He has breathed life into us. Hebrews chapter four, verse 12. For the word of God is living and effective and sharper than any two-edged or double-edged sword, penetrating as far as the separation of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It, it is able to judge the ideas and the thoughts of the heart here. I just want you to see where scripture is alive and active. I can read books, you can too, and, and they, they may make me go, hmm, or make me realize some things I could do to, to not procrastinate. 
I don't know if you've noticed on Twitter now it's coming up with so many ways to be more effective and you can read down them and all that kind of stuff. You know, even one, one general, didn't he write a book on how to make it in life and the first step is make your bed in the morning? You know, we, we, there's a lot of self-help stuff out there that you and I can read, but listen to me here. Listen to me from the Word of God. Nothing goes to the depth of your soul like the Word of God. Everything else is shallow. It may penetrate your life, but it's shallow. Only the Word of God can go to the depth that it can go. Nothing goes deeper into your life than the Word of God. And one reason you and I don't like it, I can go back to the pace prayer, to the control part. Lord, I give, I give up control. Is because uh, you and I may not read it because it's going to mean we've got to adjust. We've got to adjust our life. Why? Because it will judge my ideas and my thoughts and my heart as to what I should or should not be doing. And we don't like it. And we'll get to there a little clearer in this next point. James chapter one, verses 23 through 25. James is gonna talk about the word of God being a mirror, being a mirror. When I handle the word of God, I shouldn't handle the word of God and, 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 and go, well, I'm reading the word of God and here's where Jonathan needs to adjust. I should never do that. <clears throat> when I read the word of God, it should be a reflection to me. If you're gonna read the story of the prodigal son in Luke 15, find out where you are in the story. Are you the, are you the prodigal son who ran away, wasted all of his money, uh, wasted his life and his time, and just wants to come back as a servant? Or are you, the, are you the father who's waiting on that prodigal child to come back? Or are you the son who throws a fit when his brother comes back and they throw a party for him and they've not paid attention to him all because of he stayed and did all the work and maybe had more work to do because his brother was gone? You and I fit somewhere in that story. Where, where am I in the story? This story is about, is about a father and two sons, but do, which one am I? I don't look at scripture and go, which one is Jonathan? I look at scripture as a mirror and go, where am I in this story? If it's an Old Testament story, where am I in this story? How is this story speaking to me? You and I should use scripture as a mirror. Now let's watch what James says with this. Because if anyone... If anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man looking at his own face in a mirror. For he looks at himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man, what kind of man he was. But the one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom, which is the word of God, scripture, and perseveres in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but one who does, becomes a doer, uh, he does good works. This person will be blessed in what he does. I, I want you to see in here that James is indicating that when you look at the word of God, you need to look in it as a mirror looking at you, and then you need to find out what adjustment you need to make. Because when truth is revealed to you, the Lord does expect me and you to make an adjustment to that truth. Not to just hear that truth and, and, and just let it 
go off because if that's the case, we've only been a hearer. We've only been a hearer. And you begin with hearing, but you switch to doing. And it says the doer is blessed. What is this saying to me? How is this being used to me? God, what are you trying to tell me through your word? I also want to remind you of how active the word of God is and God speaks through it. Psalm 119, 105. Your, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light to my path. In that day and time, especially when the psalmist was writing, uh, if you've been to the Holy Land, they've got a little lamp. It's got oil in it. It's a little flat lamp. And it, it, it just produces enough light for the next step. In other words, you're going down a hallway. It will not light up the hallway. It's only going to light up the next step. So we use the word of God. This is about how active it is, okay? We're still in God speaking in his word and how active the word of God is. Your word is a lamp for my feet. It is a, it is a, it is a lamp for my next step. As a pastor, I handle with people that, that wanna, they wanna know God's will many years in advance into their life. Uh, and, I, and I hear people talking about their plans in the future. And, I, and I, I certainly, I hope they happen. But I'm in a season of my life, and you all have known that for the last, the last five years. A season that I never dreamt of. A season that me and Julie never thought we would ever be in. And, and I never planned for it. Not one time that I was able to plan for it, but we're in it. And I tell people as a pastor, when I pastor them, uh, let's not worry about how things are way down the road. You just, what's your next step? And God's word will back up what I'm trying to do as a pastor. Your, your word, Lord, is, is a lamp for my feet. What's your next step? You, you'll end up in the will of God when you do the next step. And if you'll just keep doing the next steps, you'll, you'll, you'll raise your head up one day and you're in the center of his will for your life. It's just, what is my next step? Some, for some of you, it may be you've got somebody you need to forgive. And you'll want to bounce over that. It just doesn't work that way. Uh, you, you've, what's the next step that God is leading you? It's active. This is a picture of it being active. And not only is it a lamp for your next step or my feet, it also becomes a light for my path. And I think the psalmist wrote this in, in this order for what I'm explaining to you today. That his word, God speaks through his word. His word is active for our next step. If you'll just do your next steps, it will become a light for the entire path of your life. So if you come to me, I'm just gonna already tell you, I'm gonna say, okay, what's the next step God wants you to do? Like for example, some of you all in this room, God's next step is for you to be baptized. I kept this baptistry up. We're gonna keep it up. Because some of you have a next step that you've never been baptized and that's the next step of obedience that you need to follow in the Lord. You need to do that. I've used this as an illustration before. Uh, the Bible says that if I can't lead the Eaton family, then I can't lead the Hope family. Right? I mean, one, one thing about a pastor is being able to, to lead your family. What if I mistreated Julie? What, what if I mistreated Julie and then tried to lead you godly? You, you, you pastor me. Is that going to work? 
No. My next step is to lead Julie. Not, not mistreat her and then try to treat you godly. It's to, my next step would be to lead my family and to lead Julie. And I've got to lead the Eaton family before I can ever attempt to lead the Hope family. You see, I can't jump over that is what I'm trying to tell you. And a lot of times God, his word reveals to us our next step, but me and you try to jump over it. I don't want to do that one. When that's your next step, and man, you'll, you'll just hold up there. Do you understand? Because if he reveals to you that that's your next step, then that's what you need to do. Look at Psalm 119.11. We're going we're gonna to go back to uh, Bible school here in a minute. <laughs> Old Bible school, okay? Uh, I have treasured your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. We tell you discipleship is you being in the word, but the word of God being in you. In the word of God in you, he will use it. Uh, you, you could be going through something that happens in your day and you're, you got, it's, it's like you're cartoon mad. You know what I mean by that? You got steam coming out your ears, you know? That cartoon steam coming out. You're mad, you're red. And it's, you know, that, that alarm's going, you know, and you got that steam coming out. And the, God will raise up a scripture verse that you may have learned when you were a kid. We call it a spiritual 911. God, God will bring that scripture verse to you in that moment. You're going, do you believe it? I personally believe it. I've seen that happen. I know that happens. I also want to show you how all this works together uh, too before we leave here today. And it, it, Lord, I hide, what do I do with your word? I hide it in my heart. Why? Because I don't want to sin against you. I want to, there's the E in the prayer, right? I want to live with an expectancy. An expectancy that you live my life. You use my life. There's an expectancy there that is occurring. Isaiah 55, 11, if you're a Gideon that places scripture or has anything, you know this verse is central to, that, to the mission of the Gideons. Uh, so that my word that comes from my mouth will not return to me empty. You see how active it is? That's what I want you to see. His word is active, but it will accomplish what I please and will prosper in what I send it to do. It's going to land even today. Even today, some of you got your, your mind on your Walmart list and what you're going to run to this afternoon or whatever some of you do. But God's word, all this scripture that I'm using today is going to land somewhere. It, it, even if it doesn't land in this building, it's going to land through our podcast. I get, I get notes of what happens. Do you see what I'm saying? It's active and it's working and he uses it to accomplish his will and, and to do whatever he pleases in that. I want you to see, remember an encounter with the Holy Spirit is an encounter with God. An encounter with scripture is an encounter with God because it's his breath. It's his life. God speaks to us through prayer. 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 23. Samuel is uh, talking to his people and he's leading his people and he reminds us that there is a sin called prayerlessness. He said that, Lord, I vow that I will not sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you. I will teach you the good and the right way. He will order his steps that prayerlessness is a, can be an activity that we have in our life and we realize it is a sin. Look at Romans 8, 26 and 27. 
In the same way, the Spirit also joins, joins to help us in our weakness because we do not know what to pray sometimes. We've been there, haven't we? I don't have to ask you if you have. I know you have. We all have. We don't know what to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with unspoken groanings. And he who searches the heart knows the Spirit's mindset because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. I, I just want to stop for a moment. And will you give the Holy Spirit and will you brag on him? He's the greatest cheerleader you've ever had in your life. When you and I don't know what to pray, we may even have an unction to pray, but we don't know what to pray. We don't know how we should pray. It says the Holy Spirit steps in on your behalf and he becomes your cheerleader. You, do you see that? And you, you're probably going, well, heck, just let him pray all the time then, right? But he wants you to join in that prayer with him. It's a good thing we got the tub empty because I've gotten to spit in here up here, you know, so it, it'd catch it so it won't hit you all. Uh, do you see him as our cheerleader? You see that? Isn't that beautiful? That we have the Holy Spirit that is speaking to us today and he speaks to us. And not only that, he uses scripture to speak to us. It, it becomes beautiful into what he does. He uses prayer to speak to us. Know that when we pray, even in our hope arrow, when we use the P for pray, we also say and listen. Because praying is not a one-way situation. It is a two-way street. And, and, and we include listening in this. Look at Jeremiah 33.3. Call to me and I will answer you. Tell you great and wondrous things you do not know. He, he, the prophet, God told the prophet Jeremiah to tell the people, tell them to call to me. I, I want them to call to me. That's, to not do that is the sin of prayerlessness. He really does want you to call on him. Just, that's why I'm teaching you this pace prayer that you can use by yourself. Uh, when I pray it, I, a, lot, a lot of times I'm in our garage. And when I do the praise part, I, I get on my tippy toes. Can I say tippy toes? I mean, since we used a verse that's in Bible school today, I, I get on my tippy toes as much as I can and to give the Lord praise when I raise my hands to praise with him. I, I, I want him to see that. You get to the, I'm in a receiving. I wanna, I wanna listen. I'm, hand, I'm giving up control because I want you to order my step. I'm expecting you to use my life today. I wanna live with an expectancy. I don't wanna live with a doubt of whether you're working or not. I wanna live with an expectancy that you are working in today you are going to be able to use me. So call to me. He's asking you. That first step, that, that next step is call to me. But when you don't know what to say, the Holy Spirit will cheerlead for you. He will intercede for you. And he gives a promise here. I will answer you. I want to remind you, it'll always be on his terms. His answer will always be on his terms. But the word answer is a key here. For God to answer, you're gonna to have to be what? Listening. It doesn't use the word listen here, but the word answer is a key to it all. I will answer you and look at the word tell. 
I will tell you great and wondrous things uh, that praying includes listening. Look at Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer, petition, thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. That's, that's the asking part. Look at verse 7. It's the receiving part. It's the A, you know, the holding the bowl in the prayer. I'm receiving. And the peace of God, which surpasses every thought, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. There's a praying and a receiving and a listening. Look at 1 Samuel 3.10. Samuel grew up on the altar of the Lord. Hannah, his mother, gave him back to God. And he grew up, if, if you want to picture this, Samuel grew up with having his cot on the altar of the Lord. The altar is different than this one, but we'll just use this one for, a visualiz for visualization. And uh, he's, he's on the cot and he hears God speak to him. And he's, he's, under the, he's under the leadership and the mentoring of a priest named Eli. And so he runs to Eli and says, what do you want? He goes, well, I didn't say anything to you. Go back to bed, basically. That's the paraphrase. And he's, he's on the altar of the Lord. He's gone back to bed. And the Lord calls out to Samuel. And he thinks it's Eli again. Well, what do you want? That's, I didn't say anything to you. And he tells him to go back onto the altar. And so he, he's coming. But there's something I want you to see here. When, when the, it said the Lord came and stood there, there's a revelation here. And called as before, because it's picturing he's called him several times and he thought it was Eli, the priest. Samuel, Samuel, God said to him. And Samuel responded, speak, Lord, for your servant is, will you say that word? Listening. God speaks through prayer, but prayer is a two-way street. It's not only our communication to him, it's listening listening to him. Uh, he speaks through circumstances. Um, the Exodus, where Moses is leading his people out, that all the plagues and the different plagues that are going on, and then even in the New Testament, they said God did that to show his power because he's gonna lead these people out and he wants them to be able to trust him. We know that Jesus, that God spoke through Jesus in feeding the 5,000 and the fishes and the loaves. You have circumstances and I have circumstances. And God will speak to us through those circumstances. But here's the beautiful mix. You need to take those circumstances and bring them back to the word of God. Uh, we, have, we have a great book of God's stories of how God worked. He breathed this and he gave it to us to see how people live. Like I could use Samuel. Well, I just said, Samuel's going to bed and the God speaks to him. He thinks it's Eli. And then God reveals himself to him uh, to figure it out. There's all kinds of circumstances, but you need to go back to scripture and to be able to find it. There's so many encounters and so many stories of God working in and through his people that you're going to be able to find those there like circumstances God uses angels some of you have had angels do some incredible things in your life and I, I don't stand here in denial of that I love angel stories I think they're phenomenal God has put divine people in your path before literally they may have gotten up and prayed Lord use me today uh, and God did use them in a divine appointment into your life. That's God. 
And you, you'll be able to read how he's done that in the lives of people. The Holy Spirit reveals things to us, but he confirms it with his word. So whenever you have a circumstance that you think God is speaking to you, go to his word. Do you understand how all this is working together? That God uses the Holy Spirit, speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. He'll confirm it in his word. God speaks to us through scripture, through prayer, and through circumstances. And the last one is God speaks through the church. Uh, Colossians 1.18. This is a picture of the church. He, Jesus, is also the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. Remember, it's first place or nothing, right? No second place, no top five. He's either first or he's nothing. I just want you to see he's the head of the church, universal, and he's the head of every local church. And you and I are the body. We are the functioning part of the body. And one reason we're going to gift ministry is I was praying during COVID and coming out of COVID of just navigate me. Lord, give me my steps. And uh, I didn't read a book. I told you that. I didn't do that with any, I didn't find it in any other church. I just went to Ephesians, even Ephesians 4. And uh, he's gifted you. God's gifted you. When you, came to, when you came to him and you surrendered, right? And, and he came and he, he saved you. He gave you a gift to be used in the church. He may have given you more than one. And my vision here is that you, your gifts to become activated in and through the church. Now we're starting off, we're not, gonna, we're not gonna do this in a fast pace. We're starting off with hospitality and we'll move on through them and it won't be long till we'll be getting to yours. But how is God working and how is he inviting us to use your gift in and through this church, to this community, or even to the world. How, how is he doing that? Uh, I, I want you to be able to see that, that it's in and through the church. Look at Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. This is gonna back up what I just said. Uh, I love this verse, and you do too, because it talks about the creativity and in, in the, in, in the imagination of God. Now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be glory, where does it say that? In the church. I know people could say, well, I can follow Jesus and I don't have to be connected to the church. That's, you're never gonna find that in scripture because Christ is the head, you and I are the functioning part of the body. And the gifts he's given you are those functioning parts. And that's where we're gonna get to. Again, we won't, we won't get there at a, at a great pace, but we're going to get there. And it's being able to use that. I, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and forever. Amen. But I want you to see in, at the end of verse 20, the power that works in you. The power that works in you is something I want you to be able to see. I told the early service, when it comes to Lent and Ash Wednesday, which is coming up in February, and you think that's a long time away, it'll be here before you know it. I said, uh, we do the marking, you know, and we bless you, and we do the marking over you on Ash Wednesday to begin our Lent season. I said, I want to write that on your head right there. <laughs> you know, uh, the power that works in you, I want to write it on there. 
and I don't want to use the ashes. I want to get permanent marker and make you walk around with that bad boy on your forehead for a long time. God works through you. Do you see that? He has gifted you and he's blessed you and he wants you to use that in and through the church. And we want to see that picture. He speaks through his church. He's going to use your gift to be his voice to all kinds of people in all parts of the world. And, and this is the beauty of it all. The God who put all this together, the God who put creation, everything together, is interested in you. He seeks a personal relationship with you. You. The God who put us at a certain tilt and a certain axis spin and you and I, I'm standing still right here, but we're moving an incredible many miles per hour. He has, he has put everything into perfection for all of us and the God that spoke all that into being is a God that still wants to speak to you. I don't know about you, but I find that to be amazing. When I didn't go to church, I was running from a call from God. Julie used to beg, you've heard me tell this story many times. You know why I didn't want to go to church? It's because I know God would speak to me through that church, that local church, that local preacher, the song service, the choir response to the prayer. I knew God would use every bit of that to speak to me. In one way I avoided his voice was to not go not to go. But you know what? His voice continued on through and using other people and even his word. But one reason I didn't want to come to the local church was because I know God, you would use it to speak to me. He would reveal truth. And then you, you and I have to adjust to that truth. And I just didn't want to do that. You, you're, you're going, preacher, I don't know if you, I do understand that because I lived it. I lived, I planned to dodge him speaking into my life, but yet he continued to speak. Isn't that amazing that the God who put all this in order, who spoke it into creation, wants to speak into your life? And in this age, he uses the Holy Spirit. In this age, he uses his word. In this age, he uses prayer. In this age, he uses circumstances that we all go through. And in this age, he uses the church. One of my prayers for you is you see his revelation to you and you adjust to his truth. My other prayer for you is that your gifts that God has given you would be awakened and to be able to be used. There's a God who has great creativity and imagination and it includes him using you in it. And I wanna see that come to life. Put your hands in the bowl. Would you accept that? Would you accept that? He wants to use you with incredible imagination and creativity. He wants to use you. I pray that it becomes awakened in you. Let me pray over you. Father, I pray over our people. Decisions that need to be made, commitments, adjustment. Uh, Lord, I'm, I'm not privy to that arena. You know, you know their lives. Father, I, I wanna speak for our people in the words of Samuel. Uh, Lord, speak because your servant is listening. Uh, 
just reveal yourself to us. The adjustments, help us to trust the beauty of you in what you're calling us into. Help us in making commitments and recommitments and surrender and all that today in this place is my prayer. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray, amen. Uh, church, would you stand where you are? Counselors, make sure you're here in the altar to receive people and to pray with people. The invitation is this, whosoever will and for whatever reason today, you come.